This episode of Dreams Come True is brought to you by Nightmareland. Nightmareland, the only amusement park featuring all your nightmares. This includes killer clowns, and of course those pictures on the wall whose eyes keep moving, and, how dare we forget, that one little image you can't get out of your head after you walked into the wrong room six years ago. You know the one. Yeah, you do. Nightmareland, why in God's name will they make it? Hi, dreamers. You're listening to the fifth episode of Dreams Come True and the very first installment in the Bup in the Nightmare series. This episode is titled Crikey, and I really hope you enjoy. My name has been Chaz Cable, and you're listening to Dreams Come True. Sleep tight. This is a story about you. And for your sake, I really hope it isn't true. Fear is an interesting phenomena. We create scenarios in our head that have a 0.01% chance of ever happening. And even though we are well aware of this probability, we still manage to frighten ourselves over the near impossible. Using one simple, two-worded question. What if? For you, this menial, hypothetical of a question will turn into a horrific reality. One that had a 99.99% chance of never coming into existence. And it had to happen today, and it had to happen to you. This is your story, after all. But who are you? Today, you are the daydreamer at the back of the class. The kid who skated by the easier courses with no issues, acing test after test with little to no effort. You've been reported dozens of times due to a lack of focus in class, sure. Even though it doesn't affect your grades, they still seem to care that much that you are paying attention to them. Seems a little egocentric if you ask me. Later, if there is a later, they would diagnose you with attention deficit disorder, whatever that means. But for now, you just sit in an uncomfortable desk, near the window, doodling the hours away, creating scenarios in your head. What is it today? What's on your mind this time? Ooh, are you the hero of a school shooting again? Does an alarm sound before a masked gunman breaks down the door to the class and takes a kid, you know, that one you have a crush on, as a hostage? Holding them with a gun to their head as he lines everyone else up against the wall? What do you do this time? Do you offer yourself as a hostage instead? Swap yourself for that kid to show them what a real hero looks like? Do you catch the gunman off guard with your six months of Taekwondo experience and take the gun from his hand? Or do you talk him down using a non-violent approach? Something that, in this moment of safety, where you are now, you are certain you could accomplish. Are, are you that hero today? Is that the case? Uh, oh, probably not. That has become a little too realistic of a possibility. Not you being a hero as much as you wish that to be the case, but a school shooting. It feels like there's one a week now, so statistically, it could easily be your school next. And you don't think that you'd actually survive one of those. You look at the clock. It's 9.34 right now. 20 minutes ago, when you last checked the time, it was 9.31. Why does time fly when you're having fun, but crawl when you're bored out of your mind? If there is a god in charge of time dilation, you would love to have a word with them about switching those two. Ideally, the choice to experience life in that fashion was a mistake instead of an intentional cruelty, right? 
Like, were there such a time deity, you would hope they were benevolent and stupid rather than crafty and malicious. <laughs> Isn't that a fun thought? A ditzy deity, a god or goddess that <laughs> is very well-intentioned, but constantly makes mistakes. You could forgive that. You understand it at a deeper level than you would ever openly admit. You are, after all, a pile of mistakes tied together by strings of distraction with a bow of charm at the top. You are the embodiment of a derailed train of thought. Speaking of, how did you get on this track? Oh, yeah, the time. You look back at the clock. 9.35. Way to kill a minute, kid. You sigh to yourself and look out the window. It's a beautiful day outside. You wish class were out there instead. It is so tiring in this prison of a classroom, listening to guards mumble their way through the hours in their typical Charlie Brown voices. There are a couple of clouds in the sky today, just enough that you wouldn't be afraid of a sunburn if you were out there. It's beautiful. It's freeing. Today is ripe for adventure. Oh. Oh, is that where your mind is going? You're not a hero in the class. You're an adventurer today. Let's follow this journey. In a wor- <clears throat> In a <clears throat> In a world where kids are forced to stay indoors for one third of a day, strapped to chairs while propaganda is shoved down their ear holes, only one kid can save the day. And this is a story about you. You, who was born in the jungle, raised by wolves, taught great lessons as you hunted your own food and had to fight off other predators like gorillas and, and tigers and, uh, and, and bears. Yeah, and you became the strongest kid in the jungle, maybe even the world. You are the only one who can fight off this tyranny. You can see it now, a hundred feet away. They call them school buildings, but you know better. You can see that they are walled with prison bars and contain students in striped uniforms. You know what this is. You had seen your brethren taken to places like this before. They call them zoos. This is just a child zoo. You summon your pack and prep for the attack. You have... Wait, no, they have a secret weapon. They have an army all their own, an army of crocodiles. Wait, wait, crocodiles? You shake your head a little bit. You had zoned out looking out the window. Lost yourself just a little bit, and it looks like your eyes caught something that doesn't seem to belong. Before you really focused on it, it was just a deep greenish blob in the distance, soft edges until it moved and got your attention. What were you looking at? A reptile? A crocodile? That, that doesn't really make sense. You rub your eyes and look back and it's, oh, <laughs> it's just a dog in a green sweater. You really have an active imagination, don't you? What got you so wound up about crocodiles? There's no way they would be outside your school. Why is your heart pounding so rapidly? Why are your... Why are there tears welling up in your eyes? You're okay. There's nothing to be afraid of. They wouldn't be here. 
You chuckle to yourself a little bit, realizing that you were being ridiculous. You look at the clock. 9.42. Time really flew that time, huh? I guess it flies when you're scared, too. Let's get back to the adventure. Maybe that'll take your mind off of it. <clears throat> you say to yourself, quoting a movie that you've seen at least a dozen times. Ah, oh, Crocs. Why'd it have to be Crocs? Then you call in your wolf family. It's time to take them on. It is truly an epic and beautiful fight, directed by Michael Bay with explosions galore. You and your family were victorious. And then you enter the zoo and preach revolution, breaking the shackles of kids all around. One cute one. Oh, they actually kiss you as a thank you for setting them free. As you start preaching about the new society, starting from the ground up with no crocodiles or forced school time allowed, your vision is broken as a piece of paper is placed on your desk. You must have jumped because your teacher started Charlie Browning at you again. Which you translate to be something snarky about waking you up. Uh, you look at the paper. It's the test you took last week. Another 100. Of course it is. The subject is so simplistic. But you don't care. Grades really don't matter. You only answer the questions in order to avoid getting in trouble. You even started a reward system for yourself to better motivate you to take the test. At the end of it, once you've answered everything, you get to doodle on the back. You're not an artist by any means. In fact, most of your drawings, <laughs> they embarrass you. But you draw them anyway. It's stimulating. On this test, it looks like you drew a cat with laser eyes on a tower, like it's the uh, like it's the eye of Sauron. Oh, it's much worse than you remember it. So you, you scribble it out with pen. Uh, the teacher has already walked away at this point, and you're casually doodling again. You've already turned the zeros uh, in the 100 into eyes with slits. Reptilian. You don't ever really know what you're drawing until it's drawn. This time it started with slits for their eyes, and you replicate the one on the other side to make a frame for a face. You round out above the eyes, making it kind of look like a, like a frog head at the top. And then you follow the ones down at an angled meeting point, and voila! What is it? And a... Uh, Oh no. You put the test in your bag. Why did you draw a crocodile? This is weird, even for you. You don't believe in coincidences. Why would they have come up twice today? Something's wrong. Something is going to happen. Your breathing is awful heavy. But you're trying to slow it down so that no one notices. But you're freaking out. Why are you so scared? Did you sneak downstairs when you were very young and watch Lake Placid secretly behind your parents? Did you see something you wish you didn't? What happened, kid? What's going- oh. It's because of the zoo incident, isn't it? Surely it must be. You must know that you're safe here, though. You're nowhere near a zoo, and definitely not, not near the one where you lost her. There's no way you could- you could be that close to a crocodile right now. Even then, they pulled you out before anything could have happened. Well, before anything could have happened to you. There was no saving your sister, no matter how hard you tried. 
That railing wasn't supposed to break, kid. She wasn't supposed to fall in, and you definitely weren't supposed to jump in after. I guess that's just you. Always trying to play the hero. Fight the big evil monster from Lake Placid and protect your sister. You're playing it through again, aren't you? Rewinding it in your head and re reliving the single worst moment in your life. There was nothing you could have done. It was swimming after her faster than you could have. You're lucky it didn't take you too. I know what you saw. I know just how horrific it was to deal with the death at that proximity. To say goodbye to a sister as this, this modern dinosaur tore her apart right next to you. Sure, you're safe now, but you'll never get past that. I mean, therapy helps. Playing the hero helps. Taking each day as it comes helps. But nothing can take that image from your mind. Seeing her deconstructed like that while you were saved. Survivor's guilt is a lot worse when you watch the life drain from their eyes. You still think it should have been you. You notice that you're squeezing your desk. And you realize your knuckles... They don't need to be doing that. You release them. Tension doesn't seem to help. What time is it? 9.50. Fuck. What could you do to pass the time? Focusing on nothing doesn't seem to help. These hypotheticals barely seem to work, and focusing on the teacher is far worse. What are you going to do? The fire alarm goes off. But we just had a drill last week. The classroom is flashing red, and then it stops. And for a second, you think that it didn't happen. Just your imagination again. And then you see the teacher's a little shocked as well. The TV in the front left corner clicks on. Your principal is sitting in a black suit with splashes of red on it. She looks concerned, scared even. You would listen to what she has to say, but you already have an idea. You look out the window and you see them. They're everywhere, and this time they are absolutely not dogs. You can see them crawling over cars, over walls, and you, you are frozen in your seat. Crocodiles. Hundreds of crocodiles. Your principal is still speaking, but is, is cut short after the camera goes static and a scream pierces the entire school. One student immediately break, makes a break for it out the door, and the whole class watches as this student is swarmed with these living murder machines, and every limb is quickly and easily removed, like tearing paper, before their living body is dragged away. You can hear the chaos out there, but you can't move. Your teacher slams the door shut. Some other students start to barricade it. You're not the only kid frozen. It's a natural instinct. It's not a good one, but it is natural. And a couple others are there with you. But wait, aren't you supposed to be the hero? This is what you've been doing all those mental gymnastics for. You're supposed to have a plan. Well, what is it, kid? What do you got? A boy stands up in front of you and oh, kind of cowers toward the window. And you try to say something, but before a word escapes your lips, a pair of jaws breaks through the glass and clenches down on the poor kid, squeezing him. 
but holding him still just long enough for you to see the life drain from his eyes as he struggled and screamed against the final snap before his whole body went limp. And he was oozing bits and pieces of his mangled body onto the floor as he's yanked out the window. That's it. It's time to act. Instinctually, you get up and grab a yardstick from the front, snap it into two sharp halves, and get into position next to the window, but out of sight. You didn't just hide from your fear, you did the research, and you're ready to fight back against these beasts. One small issue. They have no real weak points, no physical vulnerabilities except their eyes. And you know this, and you wait for the next croc to start creeping through the window, and you jam the half-yard sticks into either eye, and kick them deeper. The croc struggles for a minute, then lies lifeless on the floor before you kick it out the window and down two stories worth of building. For a moment, you're the hero, but not for long, as another quickly climbs to the same hole and starts in. You're defenseless until another kid throws a desk at it, knocking it out the window, and ideally to its death, right? The students and the teacher take desks and jam them into the window hoping to hold off any others for as long as they could. It seems hopeless, like we're just preventing the inevitable, waiting for our deaths at the jaws of the world's most successful predators. Until you heard the sound of a helicopter. This was immediately followed by a booming voice over the loudspeaker. Attention, Northville students! A chemical released by a foreign government has caused certain mutations to the wildlife and has attracted that wildlife to your school. We are working on evacuating all students that we can, but we need you to follow us to the roof in order to do so. Until then, stay safe and stay in your classrooms, waiting for our soldiers to come and get you. You hear gunfire outside the door, and then a couple of very clear knocks. The teacher removes the barricades, and a soldier in desert camo and an assault rifle enters the room, and he's guiding the entire class to follow him. And most of the room moves instantly behind, but you hesitate. You're in the back of the room, and you're next to a kid, that kid you have a crush on. She's not moving. She seems, she's frozen in fear. The soldier yells one last time, seeing if anyone else is still in the room, and then fires a couple shots into the distance. She doesn't move. In fact, she just holds herself tighter and is crying into her lap. The soldier looks back, and he doesn't see you two. He thinks that no one is left in the room. He can't see the two kids now sitting in the back next to each other. He couldn't see that you were choosing to stay with her to help her feel safe. And you couldn't blame him for saying all clear and then leaving the room. You sit down next to her and you tell her everything is going to be all right. You tell her that nothing's going to happen. <laughs> this is actually the first time you've ever spoken to her and it might very well be the last. She looks at you with tear-filled eyes and struggles to ask you why you stayed. Why didn't you go with the others? You tell her you couldn't leave her. You couldn't leave anyone alone with this. She leans your she leans her head on your shoulder, and for a moment 
For a moment, the world is silent. You can't hear the gunfire, the screams, the crunches. It's just the two of you and a clock ticking away the time. She tells you that she's scared. And you decide to tell her a story. You tell her to close her eyes and imagine this, to only focus on the sound of your voice. And then you start. This is a story about you. And you would continue to tell her this wonderful story, an epic about a princess in a castle, an adventurer in a dangerous land. And you see, you see her smile through tear-filled eyes. And for a moment, it doesn't it doesn't look like your classmate. For a moment you see your sister. And you hold her hand and close your eyes too as the story continues. You don't even hear when the desks fall out of the window, when the monsters burst in. And it doesn't even hurt when you go. Because today, today you were a hero. And a hero isn't always an action star or an adventurer. A hero is being what someone needs when they need it. And today you were a hero, even if it was to just one little girl. And you can't wait to tell your sister all about it. The Dream when I was four, I used to watch too much Crocodile Hunter, and I had a nightmare that crocodiles were attacking my preschool and climbing up the slides and shit. Wow, thank you so much for listening to Bump in the Nightmare special number one, Crikey. A special thank you to Prentice C., my good, good buddy, for sending in this nightmare. Sorry it spooked you, Prentice, but if you want to relive it, check out our sponsor of this week's episode, Nightmare Land. Coming soon, right behind you in the kitchen while you grab a late-night snack. No need to turn on the light, right? Save energy and let Nightmare Land remind you why you were ever afraid of the dark. Nightmare Land. What the actual hell. This show was only made possible by you, the listener, and the dreams that you have. If you'd like to submit a dream or a nightmare to be transcribed into a short story, please send them to dreamcastpublicradio at gmail.com. That is dreamcastpublicradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to support me in other ways, pay off my student loan debt. Oh, if you can't do that, maybe you can do this one thing for free. Check out my podcast on iTunes and leave a review. I hear that it's really good for the upcoming podcast harvest. Follow me to stay updated by following Dreams Come True underscore pod on Instagram or the Catawba Alumni Artist Collective on Facebook. If you'd also like to tell me how you feel about my episode on either of those pages, I would love to hear it and hope to make improvements. I think that's all. See you later, alligator. Sweet dreams. This is the story of two, and this... This is the world's first emergency broadcast alarm.